Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. A lot can happen in 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly 3 years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sam Legasic and I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher and we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little odd. This is the of yours will be reduced to a burned out cinder. Hi everybody, welcome to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. And uh, here with me today is Dan. Hello Dan. Hello, how are you? Yes, good, 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 thanks. And um... Today we're going to be doing the gaming section of um, of our podcast, and it is going to be uh, Shadow of the Colossus. So Dan, before we before we start, what have you been doing this week? What have you been up to? Um, I've been listening to some Arab strap. Mm. Do you know them? I've I've heard the name. I don't think I've listened to any of their stuff, or if I have, I'm not aware of it. I was in the same boat. They're one of those bands that the name was uh, thrown around a lot. Usually, like with Ben and Sebastian and uh, Mogwai, but um, mm. I was kind of surprised by their sound. Um, one of my friends like recommended it and he said this is basically the sound of a depressed Scotsman um, singing about his terrible sex <laughs> it, it kind of was that the, uh, the the bleaker songs were definitely better he seems like a songwriter who's just better when he's miserable sometimes they were a bit more upbeat and hopeful I was like no I don't like that <laughs> it's a bit cheesy <laughs> I hope he's still he's depressed Ar- Arab strap on <laughs> yeah well, that's what an Arab Arab strap is, isn't it? Arab straps a, uh, it's some kind of uh, sex toy. Is it? An Arab strap. I thought it would be like um, like a dirty Hitler or whatever. I beg your pardon. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, a dirty Hitler when you stick your finger oh, into the bum hole and wipe it across your 
<laughs> is that called a dirty hitter? It's a dirty Sanchez as well, I think, because it was there was that Welsh MTV show. Yeah. I think it was called that. Um, a more subtle version us, of that. Us, us white supremacists call it the dirty hitter. Yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. Not not a white supremacist. I am white, just not a supremacist. Supremely white. I'm very white. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, awkward. Uh, yeah, anything else you've been watching? Uh, no, not really. Just the usual kind of um, stuff on the History Channel. <laughs> Ad- Adolf Hitler, his great rise. Hitler, I was say. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone was new to this podcast, they'd be like, "What the hell have I got myself into?" <laughs> just I wanted to learn about. <laughs> wanted to learn, just wanted to talk about some games. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, what I've been doing, I listened to some of the new Mets album, by the way. I've only listened oh, to the, yeah. I've listened to the first half about 10 times. Um, and I keep, I keep not having the time to just go through to the end. Um, and I think because I like that second track, and I can't remember what it's called. Um, I really love that track. And I just, that's why I keep restarting it. So I'm like, I want to hear that one again. Um, but generally I found it, um, a lot better than, um, some of the more recent stuff. And I think because, They've maybe not made it more mainstream at all, but it's kind of edging towards like the stuff that I liked. It's where it's not just noise. It feels like there's been an element of like um, songwriting basically behind it a bit more than the previous um, albums perhaps. Uh, And it still feels really hard and raw and tough, which I still like. Um, I think as well, like I'm getting a bit, not sick, but like his vocals and the fact that there's an element of monotony in the sense that it's always up here screaming all the time, blah, 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 or whatever. Like sometimes by the end of the album, I'm just like, okay, it could have been nice to have like a little bit of Put a variety on. with that. Yeah, I kind of get it. Like that's his whole thing, but, um, and it works, but I'm, I think it re- worked really well for that first album, but now like what, we're like four or five albums deep. Um, Mm. And it's like, yeah, okay, it's kind of grating a little bit, but uh, drums are so good. Hayden Menzies, um, fucking great. Such a great drummer. Um, it's good to show a bit of, yeah, musical progression at this stage. Because they are yeah. kind of all in the same wheelhouse, aren't they? Mm. Um, but yeah, for listening to that, uh, I have watched a lot. So I've been watching a Netflix series um, called Love on the Spectrum. Have you heard of this? No. It's like The Undateables. Did you ever watch The Undateables? No, I know what that is, though. Yeah, so Undateables is a Channel 4 show where it's basically uh, disabled people going on dates. And Mm. there is an element where it's quite exploitative. That's Um, what I've always thought. I've never watched an episode, but that's what I've always thought. Right. No, well, I started, I've watched them... Um, I never watched it just because of that. And then I think like once I was just like, I'm just going to see what it's like, stick it on. And I watched all of them. And to be honest, there is a degree where it's like, it sounds, it's kind of presented in a way where sometimes it can be a bit funny in its awkwardness. Um, But behind it all, it's very sweet. Mm. So there's like an innocence behind it because they're essentially like, it's it's like children dating or something like that. Um, but there is like an element of like sadness because you're thinking, well, these are adults and they're just looking for love and they find it really difficult and they can't, um, you know, Undateables is a bit different because some of them just have physical disabilities. So they've got like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's like nothing 
um, wrong with their social skills. It's that they're in a wheelchair or something like that, or they're disfigured in some way. Um, so there's that. But Love on the Spectrum is about people who are like on the um, uh, autism spectrum. And um, yeah, some worse than others, I put it that way. But again, it's all done like very sweetly and and quite nice. Um, and yeah, I'm in two minds about how I feel about it, basically, because I did enjoy it and I watched all of them. But there is still the element where I'm like, I don't know, like it feels a little like, like we're kind of like looking, not looking down on them, but um, like we're kind of laughing at the fact that they can't get their heads around these certain social situations. And if it was like the good thing, which um, Love on the Spectrum does, which Undateables doesn't, or Undateables didn't really do it properly anyway, was that they have like actual couples and like love stories that work out in Love Mm. on the Spectrum, if that makes sense, or they're already together. And that's nice. Whereas with Undateables, it was like, like no one really ends up together. So you're just like, okay, they're just destined to be lonely forever. Whereas with this one, at least there's like a little bit of like, you know, it can work. Like, look at this and all this stuff, which feels a bit more like positive. Um, Still that element of like condescension though, isn't there? I suppose some people say, well, maybe it gives inspiration to other people in a similar situation, but let's face it, the viewing population for those programs were like 99% people just going, oh, good on them. They done all right. I hope hope they're happy together. Yeah. Uh, but it's um yeah it's it's weird to like watch and it's totally like voyeuristic really but um yeah. you watched still you, I was I I enjoyed it whether that's a good or a bad thing I'm not quite sure but um, you watched you watched all the episodes trying to make your mind up yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah completely um but uh yeah I watched that David Attenborough um Netflix thing as well where he goes through like his life and how the environment's changed and stuff. And that was quite interesting. It was a, it was a little bit, I don't know, it's a little bit worthy at one point. And like, just like at the end, he's like, it's all like doom and gloom. And then he's like, but there's, you know, there's things we can do to like save this. Um, and like his first piece of advice is basically like, well, we're all having children later, which means we're having less children, which means the population isn't going to boom so much. (laughs) It's like, Okay. <laughs> I'm a big fan of population control, I should say. I think there's too many people in the world. <laughs> and obviously I'm not, uh, I know it's a pandemic and all this stuff going on, but um, I joke about how I thought like Thanos was the good guy in Avengers, in the Avengers films or whatever. Um, Dan doesn't understand that reference, but when he clicks his fingers, his whole thing is that no, he I... wants the power to get rid of half the uh, I don't think there's universe. anything to joke about. It's just the... Uh... He is, he is the good what, guy. Thanos. Yeah. Oh, of course, because we know about the comics, right? Of course. He's just in the comics. Yeah, um, yeah see. Oh, it's tight. There's a comic, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I remember now. Um, yeah, well, he's like, yeah, he's kind of like the anti-hero in a little bit, um, especially like later on in the comics, which isn't going to happen because he's like dead. Or is he dead? Who knows? Um, anyway, but uh, yeah, so the idea that he's like, yeah, there'll be less kids. So you know, that's a good thing. I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. That's been his, um, um, his stance for quite a long time now. It sounds like he's softened it a little bit because when he says anything, they rubbish him in the uh, mainstream papers. They go like, oh, really? oh, dotty old Attenborough says, 
too many people, mm. sick old <laughs> misanthropo- misanthropy. Yeah. It's like, well, what he's saying is completely logical and reasonable. Yeah, well, there are too many people. And it's also, you know, if you ask me, but um, but I don't think, it, it, yeah, I mean, like, it's the fact that we're living longer and all this stuff. It's all changing, I get it, whatever. And, and basically he's like, yeah, and, you know, we... Renewable energy, we're going to be, you know, utilising that soon. And it's like, yeah, true. And I don't know, like, I'm always under the thing of, like, um, obviously, like, environmental impact is very important and all this stuff. And, uh, but we always seem to be, like, as humans, like, we will take it up to, like, the wire and then suddenly we'll just figure out, like, how we can do something. Um, Second, third way. Technologically speaking. That's what's required. COVID-20 coming to a 2021 near you. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah, we joke about it, but that probably be what will happen. Um, so, yeah, but anyway, it was a documentary thing. It was pretty good. And also, like, I do like um, watching all that stuff. And it's funny because as I was watching it, I was saying with Tess, it's like, the thing is with the Earth is that if we, like, really, f- like, we're going to really fuck it up, right? Let's say that all this is true and we fuck the earth up and all this stuff and it's fucking dead. I was like, it's all going to come back. <laughs> like, that's what the earth does. Like, it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was, a, it would, volcanoes will just throw up more um, lava and carbon or whatever and all this stuff. And then it would just re- do, do a hard reset and it will go back to normal and there'll be like more different species and all this that's stuff. True. Like, they're extinct. It's like, well, we'll get new ones. It'll just like, be a bit different. Finds a way. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like, um, be it's, like like, a, it's more about horse. we're going to kill ourselves. Yeah, yeah. There'll be like there'll be like a horse with a fish's legs. Yeah, well, and I don't think that happen. There'll still be generally it'll follow. Well, this is it. Like this is what people ask. This is what Hawkins, um, Hawkins, not Hawkins, Dawkins, Richard. Oh my god, what am I saying? Richard Dawkins, right? Richard, yeah, Richard Dawkins. He, yeah, it's what he says, which is like. He finds it interesting if if there was a planet with life, which there, statistically speaking, you know, should be, whether it follows the same evolution of life as it does with us. So there will always be humans, basically, or humanoids or whatever, um, depending on the variables where life can actually exist or whatever, um, because that's the way that life will always naturally go. So there's just like one clear direction because um life means water means trees etc and it just always kind of goes in that way through evolution uh, which i find quite intriguing so it's nicely he's got yeah. all that time to uh sit around thinking about that but i've got it on good faith that he hasn't cut his grass in three years Dawkins. <laughs> um uh yeah what else we're we watching god sorry we've gone on for ages really uh the challenger series i think i spoke about it a bit last time oh yeah um that was good i mean like nasa nasa done fucked up which basically it should be another title i feel um i've also i finished the boys series two the finale was uh last week that was really good enjoyed that anyone that watched that um i saw a bit of buzz watching, about that yeah it was really good uh, i really liked it I was watching Haunting of Bly House, which is like the sequel or prequel, I guess, of um, The Haunting of Hill House, the Netflix series, which is based on the books, etc. blah, blah, blah. Um, and this one takes place in England. And it's been good. It's not been as good as Haunting of Hill House, which I really loved. Um, but this one's pretty good. And I'm on the second to last episode. 
and it's getting a bit like, I don't know, there's just not as many like scares or anything. And most of the time, like he hides things in the frame. So he'll have people standing there or in reflections and all this. So I spend most of the time just like studying the frame and going, oh, there's a ghost. Oh, there's a ghost. Oh, someone back there mm. and all this stuff. So it becomes more of a game. I'm not paying attention to yeah. the actual story. Right. Oh, yeah, shit. Uh, what, what, what did they just say? Um, yeah, so the haunting of uh, Blight House is uh, pretty good. Yeah, if you get to see it. That reminds me, I saw a horror film actually a few days ago. Uh, yeah. Do you know Mario Bava, the Italian horror director? Um, I've did. seen one of his films um which was, it was something called like the Mask Black Sunday. Of, uh, yeah, maybe it was Black Sunday, but I think it's called that here. But it was called something different. Probably, yeah, Mask of something or other. Maybe it's the famous one where she gets the mask. Famous yeah. opening scene: that mask hammered onto her face. Horrible. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and it's um, yeah, because oh, that happens, and then she's like, what in the? She comes back or something during the course of like where they're living in this castle or something like that yeah i can't quite recall it's been a while since i saw that one um i saw so kill baby kill. Of being a witch right that's what it is yeah the accuser of being a witch yeah there's medieval as well. <laughs> uh, medieval times yeah but she is a witch that's the thing isn't it like i think so yeah it's like oh she's a witch she's like yes and satan will destroy all of you or something like quick oh, fuck no get rid of her um yeah it's good black sunday yeah Anyway, that's not what I saw. Um, I saw Kill Baby Kill. I don't think um, I've seen that one. It's one of his later ones. Um, they say it's like the end of the golden age of Italian horror before Argento and Fulci came along. Um, it's quite cool. It's got some like cool kind of like psychedelic experimentation. I think they're trying to do these like trippy dream sequences and things. Um, it's pretty ridiculous. It was good fun. Yeah. So I recommend it. Yeah, if you like that kind of thing. It's a bit it's a bit hokey, but it was fun. Um yeah. And it's creepy like kid that, that kind of thing. <laughs> sure, that's always a good thing. Um yeah, the only other the only other thing I saw was a documentary called Hail Satan. It's got a question mark at the end. Which is about um Satanists, basically, but how they don't actually um worship Satan. They're just like against religion. Yes. in America um, yes. and they just don't want to be atheists basically so they just take the piss and support Satan um, and it was quite interesting but again it was just a bit like uh, it's you know I don't know like it was fine tells you what you already know idiots turn out to be idiots yeah I mean I kind of get what they're doing um, and it's like people who are just like weirdos and misfits just kind of find each other and that's fine. And then when they're like, hail Satan, hail Satan. And then they're like, yeah, but we don't really believe there's an actual Satan. It's like, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you're just kind of stirring the pot for the sake of it. And it's fine that you have something to believe in and you don't, or you don't believe in it, but as in like, you just don't want to be an atheist. You want to be like a bit more proactive, like atheism is a bit more passive or whatever. Um, and that kind of makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, maybe there's like, more amicable ways of getting your point yeah. across. But at the same time, it's a bit of a business as well, I suppose. But um, Be constructive. I don't it. find yourself by being, I'm I'm not the thing that I hate. Yeah. Find what and you there's are. Also, there's, yeah, and there's, like, there's one faction of it that they talk about near the end where like um, one of their members basically goes a bit off the rails. 
And it's like, uh, and it's like, well, I can't believe I was too extreme for um, the Church of Satan or whatever they call the Satanic <laughs> Temple. What does he do? It's true a, because a really well, so horrible part. Yeah, no, she kind of put, starts putting on these shows where like spear pig heads onto, well, spears. And um, it all gets a bit more like ritualistic and right. a bit, and she starts shouting like, kill the president or whatever. And and then, yeah, the, the, the uh, satanic temple were like, yeah, you can't really do that. That's not really what we're about. We're not actually, like, <laughs> no. we're not actually satanists. Like we are, but we're not really um and yeah she's like all oh, right whatever like so she kind of gets into like the more like anarchy like rebellious side of it rather than the actual kind of more political message behind it which is the uh you know um the difference between uh god and state and all this stuff um uh, it was interesting but anyway fuck that was a really long one um let's go into Shadow of the Colossus. And let's take a bit of a break. So, Dan... Shadow of the Colossibum. What did you, um, did you know anything about this going in? What were your initial thoughts? I thought that sounds good. Because um, who doesn't like a Colossus? Uh, I didn't know anything about it and I had a little look around. Are you talking um, about your colonoscopy? Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am. Um, had a little look around. I had a, yeah, I had a little look around <laughs> on the internet. Didn't play it, of course. And yeah. I thought, oh, I quite like the sound of this. Sounds uh, a bit more, the pace sounds a bit more of my kind of thing. Mm. Just roaming around on your horse and finding these mythical titans. Um, and then the sad thing is you have to kill them. Mm. Um, I thought, yeah. This looks nice. I can see why you'd want to engage with this. Yeah. So it's um, a little bit of background on it. Uh, in Japan, it was, it's a Japanese game. Um, in Japan, it was known as Wanda and the Colossus. Um, so a lot of people often title the boy as, as Wanda, even though he's actually nameless mm. um, in the actual game itself. Um, team Ico, with the team uh, behind it, made it. Um, and it was released in October 2005 in Japan and the USA, and then February 2006, basically everywhere else. Um, in 2011, there was the HD version, uh, which also had ICO in as well, uh, in HD, and that's for the PS3. And you could play it in 3D. And I don't know if you remember, Dan, but I had a 3D TV. Um, yeah. And I remember, I do vaguely remember playing this in 3D and it wasn't quite the epic (laughs) thing. I remember thinking like, um, it looked all right, but like 3D gaming just uh, never really took off, did it? Um, The only thing it was really good for was some of like the first person shooters, um, like looking down the scope and all this stuff, but still it wasn't, 
it's that whole thing where it's like watching 3D in the cinema. It's just, everything's just so much darker. Yeah. Turn the fucking brightness up. (laughs) Um, Then, yeah, then in 2018, they remade it basically from the ground up um, for the PS4. And that was by Blue Point Games did that, who are renowned basically for doing um, cool remakes. And they're doing the new Demon Souls, which is coming out on the PS5 very soon. Um, So let me get this straight, Sam. Yeah. Because I heard about this. Yeah. So that, that one that came out on the PS3, yeah, that was a retooling, like a remastering. Yeah, it was like a remaster. So, so, so I should say so, it came out on the PS2 first, um, yeah. towards the end of the life cycle of the PS2. Um, so that was probably at the height of its like abilities or something. Was it yes, like it was. Pushing yeah. the envelope. Yeah. So then they took that and then they... So to put this in terms of music, they essentially mm-hmm. remastered the album for the yeah. PS3. Yeah. But then this PS4 one that I see everyone banging on about, the most recent yeah. one, mm. they basically re-recorded. Yes. They just completely built it. it from scratch. Yeah. From the ground so, up. So yeah, they, had, they knew exactly what they needed to do. They had um, as many of the assets and all this stuff um, that went into actually making the game. But essentially, they kind of, yeah, they re-recorded it at a much higher fidelity. Nice. Yeah. And it's good, yeah. So sometimes when people say, like, it's... So with the HD remaster, which is still good, um, it's just kind of like making um, everything a bit more crisper and all this stuff. But yeah, with the PS4 one and just the fact that everything's moved along so much, you can't take those same, like, textures and all this stuff and just put, like, a and just make them sharper, like they've have to give it more detail and, um, you know, and things like that, make it a bit more visually interesting um, because it's for a whole new generation where you can do that and that's expected. Yeah, um, yeah so a lot lot more work goes into into that. So what do you um, do in this game then? Well, it's a, it's a good point. Um, so let me, uh, so bef- before we do that, just a little bit on Team Ico for people that don't know. The director was this guy called Fumito Ueda, who had made Ico before this, same kind of style, and I'll kind of talk about that a bit later. And then they made The Last Guardian, which I won't go into, but there's, there's a whole thing about that and how long it took. Um, but again, it's kind of the same style. So this guy's kind of seen more as, as an, like an auteur, let's say. Um, he's only really done these games. Um so the boy basically, so what you do, right? So the boy, um, let's call him Wanda for the sake of it, or whatever, or the, or the boy, the boy. Um, a fish called Wanda. A fish called Wanda, yeah. A boy called Wanda. Uh, battles 16 Colossi. And they're Colossi? Um, yeah, Colossuses. Wow, Colossi. Colossi, the pluralism of Colossuses. Uh, that is true because I checked that earlier. And when I typed plural into Google... The first uh, suggested result was plural of Colossus. So hey, there must be millions of people playing this game, just double-checking. I think it's probably got your browser history by that point. I've never, that's what you... <laughs> I've, never, I've never browsed for Colossus before. Yeah, that's weird. It's not, I Maybe they were generally in preparation my... for this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> this episode. We broke Google. Uh, um, but yeah, all of them uh, are very different from one another for the most part. Um, and yeah, the idea is that, um, once these, uh, Colossi are defeated, he can bring, uh, this girl who 
he has apparently fallen in love with, he can bring her back to life. Um, so it's they kind of a bit spare some details because essentially like you open out and he's come along with this um, woman who's dying and this voice and there's like two voices kind of speaking at the same time and it's speaking like a different language to us it might sound a bit japanesey but apparently it's it's not it's just some kind of made-up language it's basically like yes we will bring her back to life but you need to go kill these guys and then you know we can do it it's cool and by the way here's a sword or whatever or no he's got a sword sorry with him it's like hey here's a sword and it's like yeah yeah great cool cool um, do you know what i like about that it's just so simple it's not, it's not convoluted. It reminds me of the storyline to Altered Beast. It's just <laughs> arise from your story, arise from your grave and rescue my daughter, and that's it. And then you just go about killing stuff, and you kind yeah. of have a sense. If I did, if I go on this killing spree, that will somehow bring about her, her <laughs> happy return to her father. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's a very simple premise. Um, I like the fact you don't know what's happened before. No idea, like any of that stuff. So. And I love things like that, where it's like, you feel like it's a big world, but they've just constantly focused on like this chapter of what's happened in it. Mm. Um, and the idea is that, yeah, this land is this big forbidden land. It's very desolate. It's huge. There's no life. It's zero life. There's like trees and grass and whatever, but it's like the fact that it's so empty, which it was obviously good for the technology back in the time. Um, just there's like this real air of... Um, it makes you feel weird. There's the odd like eagle or whatever. And there's, um, there's little tiny, tiny bits, but for the most part, it's completely empty. Uh, haunting. which is quite cool. Yeah. Which is really haunting. Why is um, it empty? Well, it's a good point. Don't really know. I think there's an element of, uh, for one thing, um, they weren't able to put stuff in Te- <laughs> technologically speaking. They couldn't really fill it with anything. Um, but I like the way they kind of leaned into it and made it. Cause it's, it's still like, You've got um, you've got like quite lush Greenland. You've got mountains. You've got deserts. You've got huge kind of um, you know architectural uh, amazing like buildings and like coliseums and um, and all this. So it's not as if there's like you know nothing to do or it's like completely the same. It's all fairly um, still a bit varied, uh, but it also makes you feel like when you're with your horse it's uh, because it takes so long to kind of get to where you need to go. It kind of adds to the build up because that's all you're doing is that you are going to kill a boss and then you kill that boss and you wake up back at the shrine and then you go out again on your horse, Agro, who's probably my favorite horse in anything ever. Agro. Um, uh, just hearing that like a million times. And, um, and that's it. So you're kind of that kind of, um, uh, you know, trying to get, uh, trying to get there. Basically, it's all part of like the slow build to these huge epic battles. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that there's like nothing really there for you to interact or do anything with um, can seem a little boring to people. But for me, I think it was it kind of makes you realise that this is like a forbidden, like mystical um, land, and that it's quite natural because there's definitely like a certain style to it like if you see a lot of these colossi are like made of like rock and stone and they've got like moss on them and stuff and it's like you're not sure if they're like buildings or machines it was a relief beings to see the colossi after several games with these kind of um faddish 
Lovecraftian creatures. See uh, these kind of, uh, they remind me of like uh, Norse or Scandinavian folkloric mm-hmm. beasts. Like you said, yeah, very earthy. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Very earthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's definitely got a very cool aesthetic. Um, and that's basically the game. So there's an element like, so you use your sword to kind of get you to where you need to go. You kind of follow this beam of light. So you've got to make sure you're near sunlight. And then there's places where you have to like get off your horse. You have to climb things. You have to do a bit of platforming, jumping around, holding onto stuff, climbing up, whatever. Um, so there's an element of like, uh, to even get there, there's, uh, you've got to kind of use your head a little bit. Um, there's some certain bits I remember playing through it, like the numerous times I've played it, which can be a bit frustrating. So I'm like, not sure where I need to go, basically where I'm supposed to go. Um, but yeah, when you kind of figure it out, uh, um, yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and essentially like each boss is its own mini, uh, puzzle. I think, um, uh, Fumito, um, had said that he wanted, he was thinking of like Zelda, yeah, and he wanted each of these bosses to be its own like mini dungeon. So every time you look at a boss, um, you've got to kind of figure out how do I get on it for a start. Um, how am I going to defeat it? And they've got these weak points, which are these like shining blue. Um, they look like tattoos, basically. They only come up when you get near them, and you stab them with your special sword. And when you stab them, um, that's their weak point, and all this black oily stuff kind of gushes out like we were talking about itchy um last week and the blood that just like it's like ott blood spurt it's a bit like that but with black oil um and yeah and then you basically um yeah you stab them until they run out of health uh, and you have to get them in the weak points so you can very slowly whittle away their health um by just kind of trying to knock them anywhere but it would take you forever um, and you have a bow and arrow and essentially the bow and arrow is really just to kind of get their attention because they're all just wandering around. Like they're not, that you have to like actively engage with them um, and kill them. Like they're just doing their own thing. And that's part of like um, the melancholy, like sadness of it. And you'll see this with like the music and stuff. Like each time you kill one, uh, it basically goes silent. This kind of like very sad majestic um music comes up and then all this like black oily stuff just gets like absorbed into your body and you and even if you try and run away from it it will like find you and go into you and then you're like Bleh, and you so do you, and you're back at the shrine do you feel conflicted when you're uh engaging in these battles that's part of it because when so by the end of it like you're each time you kill one there will be a shadow looking down at you and it's a really cool image um because obviously after a while you get like 15 or 16 and there's just like groups surrounding you just looking down at you these black shadows um and these black shadows by the way are like in ico and all this stuff and they're quite um, they're like part of the style that this guy uh uses and um uh, and yeah you'll see that he gets like paler his skin gets a lot paler and he just like looks sicker as it's going on. So you start realizing that, uh, you know, this isn't good for me. <laughs> like I'm a, not really getting any, um, like big glory, like power, um, power fantasy, like, you know, kills or anything from this. Um, it's all like very sad each time I kill one and I look like I'm slowly dying by doing so. But so what about you, kind of, Sam, the human Sam? The human Sam. How's um, the human Sam feeling? 
when he's <laughs> slaying one of these majestic creatures. He died a long time ago. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, pretty good, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I like the idea that it's um, like this sad, you know, slaughtering this sad big beast. But I like the sense of accomplishment of like, I figured this out yeah. and I've taken down this huge thing and I'm just some little kid. I'm literally just this little boy and I've just like slain these like beasts and I'm just like a nobody. Um, so it's like, um, you know, not like the boss in a typical game where it's the culmination of the level. It is the game itself is a, a presumably quite long drawn out battles where you're, like you say, you're assessing, then engaging, working out your strategy and then presumably executing it. Yeah, it's exactly that. There's And they're, they're pretty much all the same uh, to a degree, like the first couple of ones are fairly easy. The last one is pretty hard, but it's not really hard. It's more just like longer. Um, but they're all like, I wouldn't say they like increase in difficulty or anything like that. It's a bit of mix and match. Um, but yeah, you're kind of going in and that's the level. Like you've got to figure out how you're doing it, the environment that you're in and all this stuff and what you could do to get there. And should say that, yeah, so you've got like, when you actually play, you've got your, you've got a health bar. You also have like a stamina bar, which um, you use for like gripping on. So you'll have to grip and hold on to these creatures and they might like flail around to try and shake you off. And you've got to hold on. If your stamina runs out, you obviously fall off and you lose a bit of health maybe. Um, I didn't, I don't remember ever really dying um, because even if you fall from a great height, usually you're all right and your health slowly regenerates anyway. And by the time you bothered to go through to get back on them, your health's in a pretty good shape anyway. But it's more um, like if you're like on their shoulder, if they like stop moving, you have to quickly stand up to get your stamina back before it starts moving again. So you've got time your attacks, mm-hmm. um, you know, just just right. Um, but yeah, you've literally, um, you, you've got jump, <laughs> you've got a small attack, you've got kind of like a build up, a big attack, you press and hold your attack and he does like a big one, which is what you need really when you're attacking those weak spots um, and your grip. And yeah, there's a slightly more tricky aspect with the horse and like trying to use your bow and arrow with the horse and you can ride and jump from your horse. That's a bit more tricky. Um, and that could be annoying sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of all it is gameplay wise. Um, and you've got a button to call your horse. Um, it's quite yeah. interesting to me it sounds really different to me it's sort of like a quiet game full of sorrow and sort yeah. of bathed in pathos yeah it's very quiet and slow and the music if you listen it's kind of like a traditional Japanese or Eastern I should say um, uh, music with like a some classical elements behind it but it feels very it's very, and that's what's great about it is it's very small. You're like just this boy. It's a very small story, but it's on a much, it's, a, it's on a huge epic scale. And keep in mind, like, especially on PS2 when this game came out, you'd never seen anything like this before. Not on that bigger scale ever, let alone 16 of them as well. And let alone in these huge, because open worlds weren't really a thing either. Like, you know, PS2, you talk about Grand Theft Auto 3 and that was massive. Yeah. And that was very dense with stuff. Yes. But like, um, yeah, but it was like nothing was kind of felt like it was on this kind of scale before. Um, and yeah, this so there's um, so that's basically the kind of the gameplay element to it. You've got you've got other little bits which um, and other little secrets like there's a 
garden at the top of the shrine, which you can actually get to that you see at the end of the game. Um, and but I think if you eat anything from it, you you die or something like that. I can't remember. Um, you can eat lizard tails that increase your stamina and mm. some fruit, fit which increase your health, but you don't really need it. I never did it in any of my playthroughs. It's just something that I've something you could do. Um, and yeah, and that's and basically the story. Um, you kind of find out like I think it's after the twelfth colossi is defeated, you start seeing that you're being chased by um, people. Uh, what people? Who, well, I you, well, you don't really know. You just think they're obviously trying to stop the boy from trying to bring this girl back to life. Stop trying to stop him getting to where he already is. Huh. And like the I think the voice says like, "You better hurry up." <laughs> like not like this, but obviously, you know, people are coming. So you know, oh, it sounds get, like nightmare. Gone. Um, yeah, and then there's the end sequence, um, and we'll we'll go over the Colossi in particular in a sec. But like the end sequence is basically when you kill them all. Um, uh yeah like what happens again so yeah so each of the statues basically disintegrate each time you kill one of them um and then he 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 will kind of give you a clue as to like where the next one is um and uh yeah so yeah you see these knights or whatever coming to coming to find him you're not sure if that's a good or a bad thing um and yeah, like when it gets like the final boss, your horse has fallen into the sea and you're like, and that for me was really like, fuck, I was a real kicking the balls. Um, I remember the first time it happened, I was like, I really felt this affection to this horse. That's why it's like, it's like my favorite horse of all time. Um, Cause it's just you, it's just you two in this whole thing of this game that you've just been playing for hours. And he's like your mate that's like really fucking helping you out, sticking by you through thick or thin against these like huge things. Then he's like just falling off and then you feel really alone. Like your companion's gone when you're getting onto that final pass. Um, My yeah, lovely horse. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's quite, um, it's quite heartbreaking. Um, and yeah, so you uh, basically they come in and they're like, "Oh no, kill him! He's turned into the monster, the bad, bad guy who's been, you know, who has been kept basically in some kind of weird jail here or whatever. This powerful evil being." And they kill him or, or stab him up or whatever or go to kill him. I can't remember now. And um, then he turns into this like big, huge black, like devil thing made up of all that like liquid oil stuff. And then you get to play as that and you start like pounding against all these like knights that are trying to like defeat you. And you're like, I'm big and evil. Fuck you or whatever. And then uh, the leader of these like knights, I'm calling them knights, but they're not. They're just whatever, whoever's just turned up basically uses a magic spell and it sucks you back in. It sucks the um, black creature thing back in and then you with it. But there's like a really horrible slash amazing bit in the game that you are able to control where um, you're kind of clinging onto the floor and it's like being as if you're like sucked out into space or something um, and it's pulling you and you're trying to like grip onto stuff and you're just slowly being dragged across the floor and you're playing it Um into like oblivion basically um and how and, can this be happening what do you mean this sounds like such a shift in the in the sort of like the the realm that you're yeah this all happens like right at the end like the final like 10 minutes um and yeah so then you're defeated basically and the knights are like let's get out of here and they run out and the bridge collapses behind them so it's like right they're like well if he survived, then 
you know, good luck to him, basically. May God rest his soul, whatever kind of thing. And they fuck off. And then, um, yeah, and then basically what happens? The girlfriend wakes up. She's like, oh, what the fuck's been happening? The horse turns up. He's got an injured leg, poor old aggro. And then they find this little baby where um, uh, where the where Wanda basically got sucked into this, this sunny little baby. And it's got tiny little horns on its head. Um, which is to do with Ico, um, because Ico, you play a young boy who has horns. Um, and that's a whole other game. So it's all kind of interconnected, or it's supposed ah. to be. Um, and then that's it. And then they go to like this like garden place, and it's her and this baby and the horse. And that's how it ends. So it's very small, very sweet, very weird. It goes again, it's kind of this big epic things, big epic battle at the end defeating this enemy and then it's suddenly it's just like in this like garden of eden um and uh, it's just like nice weird is it like happy i don't know like what's happened you're not really sure you're kind of able to make up your own um own thing from it um and yeah it's uh that's basically like the story but it's it's really nice it's really kind of sweet um and it's uh sounds lovely Hmm. I'd like to hear more about these colossi. Right. Well, let me tell you a bit more about the colossi. So there's 16 of them. I'll kind of go into and get ready for this because now let's let's go into, give a brief synopsis on each one and uh, what I thought about it, basically. So let's take a bit of a break and then um, we'll launch into it. <laughs> So Dan, yeah, I've got the sixteen colossi, but um, yeah, I've only I've, I haven't got any names or anything like that. Um, well, that's outrageous because I haven't played the game, and even I know what they are because I found this list on Google. Okay. Do um, they actually have names? Then they all have names. So, oh, how about that. you you introduce them under the names that you think of them as, yeah. and. Uh, and I'll, and I'll see what I think of your naming strategies. I'll, I'll, I'll rate your names out of 10 before reviewing Do they have, the are they like names. descriptive names or are they like Steve? <laughs> they're, they're slightly more, they're like they're Japanese slightly more romantic than Steve. Okay. And uh, magical. It's like, I think of like Dark Souls bosses where it's like called uh, like the Big One Sleep or something like that. Um, I made that up or like a Neo Lord of the Underworld people with Dark Souls fans are going to kill me because I've got it all wrong but um, it's nothing like that is it? Uh, no all their names just, just one word just one word but, okay good alright fine that's a good that's a good hint alright well this first one I'll tell you who it is and then I'll kind of think of the name at the end so the first one is is fairly easy it's the first one you get he's still pretty big um, and uh, one of the good things actually is that 
when you actually like jump on these guys or when shit's kicking off, the music will change. Like it's not more like heroic. As you're doing it, which is quite cool. And then if you fall off, it'll just stop. <laughs> so that fade out and then <laughs> wait for you to get back on it. And it'll start off again, which is quite cool. So it makes you feel like quite heroic each time you're doing it. Um, so the first so one's pretty guy's, easy. Uh, thing? What's his MO? His MO. He just, he's just kind of wandering around and basically all you have to do, all you have to do is just run up and jump on his leg and climb your way up um, and uh, essentially just stab him in the head. It's fairly simple. A lot of the, um, I'll give you a clue, uh, a lot of these bosses just find the head and stab them at the top of the head. That's <laughs> a, a general rule of thumb. Um, I'm going to just call this one... Um, Oh, uh, let's call him uh, Lenny. Do you not already have a name from him? Like when you're thinking, "Oh, I'm going to fight him finally," do you not? You're not thinking, "Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to bash Carl's head in." Or something? No. 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 Lenny. Lenny. Carl's head in. I like. I like Lenny. He looks like a Lenny. Yeah. He looks a bit like. Yeah, Um, I was thinking of mice and men, but sure. Oh yeah, he's actually called Valus, and I, okay. I give I give Lenny five out of ten. That's <laughs> good. So, I, well, I so if they if they do a sequel to this game, have they ever done no. a sequel? No, I don't think they ever will. Um, yeah. Well, maybe they could consider a Lenny. <laughs> Lenny. Um. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's, it's quite it's quite a simple one. Uh, the second one. Second one basically looks like a, a horse. Um, he's he's quite big. Um, he basically lifts his his foot up, and then you kind of shoot him under his foot, and then you basically climb on him, stab him in the head again. Um, and I should say, like, also like the signs might disappear after you've had a couple of stabs, which basically means you have to go find another sign um, somewhere on their body, somewhere a bit more difficult to find. Um, but yeah, I would call this second one uh, Clippity Clop. <laughs> um, his actual name, here's uh, a clue. It's related to the fact that he's on four legs. Foursome. <laughs> Quadratus. Oh. Of course. So Quadratus. Right. Yeah, it's it's, cool. it's kind I of like sounding it. like Latin almost. Um, okay, all right, keep, keep that in mind. So, uh, all right, let's move on. The third one. So, the third one is basically pretty tall. He's one of the bigger ones. And he's got this like massive long arm sword thing that's kind of attached to him um, that you, you basically get him to hit certain parts of the floor. You jump onto it. And this one is a bit more platformy. Um, you kind of got to work your way around him and uh, I think to his back and all this. Um, and yet this is where it's like important where you're learning, like you need to like rest basically and then reapproach things. You can't just uh, go in full hog because um, uh, yeah, your stamina is going to run out. Uh, and again, go for the head, um, but he'll really try and swing you off. Um, I think he has another one in his back actually. But uh, Will he try and yes. jerk you off as well? He might try and jerk you off, but I think he might have a problem with that. The fact that, you know, one, you're a little boy, so it's going to be small anyway. And two, you're about the size of his thumb. Hands um, probably too cumbersome. Yeah. It'd be like, it's it's like trying to squash a... 
He just did it from really far away. <laughs> I'm trying to squash a small cocktail sausage between two, two tombstones. Yeah, well, you know what that feels like. Um, <laughs> I would call him Lankius. <laughs> uh, no, his name is Gaius. Oh, close though, in a way. You're getting closer. You're, you're, you're sounding more epic, these names. Yeah, is he true, the guy that's yeah. on the... Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> is he the guy that's on the cover of the game? Oh, I don't, th- I don't know, actually. I don't know who is he is. I can't remember who's the cover in the game. This no, one looks I think quite I know, iconic to me. I think the guy on the cover is a bit later on. I think it's one of the okay. later game ones. Um, he looks a bit like the Iron Giant the or something. One. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of that. He looks cool. Um, I like this guy. He's my favourite so far. Yeah, he's a good one. He's a good one. Um, the fourth one. So the fourth one's like this. Um, it's like a big dog horse or something. Um, and you have this... Uh, yeah, it's more like a horse, I'd say. And you have this basically this little mound in the middle of the area um, that you have to run through and you basically have to get his attention. So he's kind of like, whatever, like nuzzling around and then you run through it and you jump on his back um, and then you climb over him and kill him from there. Um, so he's all right. I mean, to be honest, he's one of the more forgettable ones. The one before was better. Um, I would probably call this one, oh my God, uh, it's Son like of a llama, actually. Um, when I think about it, um, Hyacinth. <laughs> <laughs> the bouquet residence. <laughs> yeah. um, it's actually Phydra. Oh, never would have got Phydra. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, I should also say, I made a little note here, actually. There are, there are actually shrines around which you can pray to, and I think they give you health or something. Um, I don't know why I've just stuck it in the middle here. I've obviously made a note of it for some reason, and I might as well just say it. Um, number five. Number five is a good one. Right? It's one of my favourite ones. So it's in a you're in a big lake now, and this is a flying one, and the flying ones are cool because they feel really fucking epic because you're obviously flying around. Um, do you have to get and, on but, them as they're flying? Yeah, so basically you have to get his attention yeah. and you have to time it just right so it swoops down to get you um, and then you're basically able to kind of hang on to its wings as it passes through the water. Um, and you have to be really patient because it does kind of like go on its side and try and make you fall off. So you can't um, you can't be too ambitious early on and try and get all your stabs in at once because you will be, there's nowhere to stand up. Basically, you have to hang on as he's kind of like turning around. But if you um, kill it, you're going to die. You're going to crash out of the sky. Yeah, but to be honest, like with all of the, well, firstly, you're over a lake, so you just kind of land in the water. Okay. But with any of these, whenever you kind of fall, it's very rare that you'll die. Like you'll probably lose a lot of health and maybe if you go all the way back up and fall off again, you might die. But um yeah, I'd be bricking myself though. All right, I'd be yeah, bricking well, it. You, yeah, it feels exactly. a bit counterintuitive. I'd be like, "Oh my god, yeah, fuck this guy. How am I going to do this?" Um, so yeah, so it's very epic, and the fact that you're flying through the sky and you can see like the wind kind of rushing through you. Um, that one's pretty good. Uh, so that's one of my favourites. I'm going to call it. Um, oh god, what would you call a bird? I don't know. Uh, Cassius. <laughs> It's a, that's what you call a, a black current or something, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I give that name, I think that's, I give that three out of ten 
Yeah, it's not a great one. I haven't been rating the other ones. I just suddenly remember what I was meant to do. He's called Avion. Oh, of course. Why am I fucking thinking that? I, I feel like it's an obvious one. I'm just not even trying. <laughs> just thinking of names that I like, want to call my unborn children. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's a good one. He's a pretty cool one. Um, and also, like, it's when you hit that the first time you play, you're like, okay, this is different. Like, I'm into this. This is this is cool. Um, number six, uh, if I remember rightly, is a bit more difficult to get to. Um, and it's kind of a bit of an obstacle course, um, uh, this one, because you are inside, if I remember rightly, and you're basically, you begin by, like, running away from it. <laughs> So you're just climbing over these like um, walls, these different parts of the building, just trying to get away and you get to the end and you're basically like hiding in this little hidey hole. And he's like looking down like, "Eh? where are you? And then that's when you run out and grab onto his beard. He's like, oh no, you've tricked me. And you're hanging (laughs) onto his beard and climbing up his face or whatever his head. Um, And yeah, so that's a a bit of a funny one. He's fairly easy. Um, because once you realize that you just have to run away from him to begin with, um, and you're hiding and you come out onto his beard, then it's, it's fairly simple from there on. You just kind of hang onto his body and stab him where you need to. And yeah, it's not that difficult, but he looks, it's quite, it's a bit of a different, um, it's not really a puzzle, but it's a little bit different from the other ones. And it's a bit of a quicker one as well, which, which is good for some of these. Um, I would call him. Uh, Giga Mesh. <laughs> this guy uh, is called Barba. Fuck! Why did I go with the beard? So yeah, we had the two two That's in a row stupid. that have just been uh, French words. I <laughs> like true, him. Yeah. He is cool, and he's got a fine beard. He's got a fine beard, but to his own downfall, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it's a lesson. There's a lesson to be learned there. Yeah, exactly. If he just shaved, he'd still be alive to this day. <laughs> uh, number seven. So number seven is, um, uh, yeah, you, you go up a tower and then there's some kind of like sea snake. So it's another water-based one. And it's got these like electric fins. Um, so some of these, like uh, some of these, um colossi yeah have like electricity i guess like or something and this is the first time i think you come up against it um and you've basically got to wait for it to break the surface and then you grab onto the end of its tail and it will pull you under and you've got to hold on and that's quite cool um and that's then, quite scary yeah it's it scary. and then when it's kind of coming up you have to um kind of work your way up it and then when you you see it's about to go under again you hold on and you just slowly slowly work your way up um and try and do it and you've got to be careful of the electricity and all this stuff um and so that's pretty cool so that's one of the uh, better ones again as well um i'm gonna call it um oh god ilias <laughs> well, like, like an eel that's, the, I, that's a seven seven out of ten i give that name mm. i like that one this is really generic, generic kind of like water beast name. Hydrus. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hydrus. Yeah. Fucking hell. Should have got that as well. Might as well call it Aquarius or something. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, number eight. We're halfway there at this point. Um, 
this was a cool one. So it takes a bit of a journey to get there, but it's this like, so it's this weird salamander thing that basically climbs the walls of this Colosseum, basically. And you basically have to hit it with your bow and arrow um, so that it lands on the floor, belly up. And then you basically got to like, jump on it and stab it in the belly. Um, but you need to kind of keep moving because it will shoot these like electric balls at you. So you can't stay in one place for too long and you've got, and it got to go around and around to find like the perfect vantage point to shoot it from with your bow and arrow. So that's kind of like the puzzle element and all the stairs are crumbling and you've got to find, you know, the right way to get up and down a level and all this stuff. So it's quite, um, it's quite cool. It's one of the better, one of the cooler ones, but it's fairly easy. It sounds a bit different. Kind of out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call it, uh, yeah, something to do with the salamander. So like Salamax or something. I like that. I give that a six. Nice. Not quite as good as Elias. <laughs> I actually think it's, I think it's better than his actual name, Ooh. which is Kuromori. Oh, fuck. I'll never get that. Kuromori, something death. Something death. Okay. My, that's Mori. my translation. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, fair enough. Uh, number nine. Number nine this is basically death. like a big turtle. Um, it's in this epic, dusty desert. And he's actually one of the more tougher ones because you've got these jets kind of spraying up from the ground. Um, that you have to be careful of. And he's like shooting all this electric shit at you as well, which you're on your horse. This is one of like, the big horse ones where it's like, you've got to keep moving. Um, and so basically you have to kind of shoot at his feet. And when they're uncovered, um, oh yeah, when they're uncovered, you shoot at like the little, you'll see like it's it's not um, one of the stabbing points. Some of these like have weak points, which then will put them in a different position or do something <laughs> that will allow you to climb onto them, if that makes sense. Um, and then once you climb up on him, you climb up to his head and stab him. Um, so it's a, it's really difficult to kind of get on him and it makes it a little bit more tougher um, to actually execute. Uh, but um, yeah, it's all right. It's it's okay. Um, I'm going to call him... Uh, Shelly Ox. <laughs> That's quite a good one. Uh, give that another six. Um, this guy, he's horrible. He looks horrible. He looks like yeah. a cross between a stag beetle and a warthog. Yeah, he's massive as well. He's really big. He's scary. But like, not tall, like just like a tank. Bassaran. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Bassaran's boring. Jesus. Yeah. Not into, um, not into that. No, not into that one. I like Shelly, Shelly Ock. <laughs> Shelly Oxford, sort of I call it. <laughs> Shelley. Um, number 10. Uh, number 10 is all right. It was, I find this actually the most annoying, annoying one, really, um, because you have to run with the horse and shoot your bow and arrow behind you at the same time. So it's quite tricky. Um, it's basically like a sandworm, uh, it's like a tremors, basically. Um, and cool. yeah, he'll kind of chase you from behind and you see like his glowing eyes and you've got to shoot him in one eye or both eyes. And then, um, yeah. And then you're able to kind of climb on, climb onto him and stab him and all this. Um, so it's okay, but it's just an, a fucking ass to control. And it's just quite infuriating sometimes. Um, cause you kind of got to get him to one chase you to keep chasing you. 
three, shoot him in the eye, very specific target as you're trying to push forward and looking backwards. So you're, you're doing something which your brain isn't used to. Um, I'm going to call him uh, Slugimus. Sorry, you froze. I'm going to call him Slugimus. Uh, that's a good one. I like that. Um, unfortunately, this is one where he hasn't got a uh, exciting, fantastical sounding name. He's just called Dirge. Dirge Pledge. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Dirge Pipe. One. Yeah, he's one of the more annoying ones. I'm not too hot on this guy. Dirge. Variety is the spice of life, though. Yeah, is that a Dune reference? It sounds like... So. No, I just think it sounds like a very different kind of challenge with this uh, with this one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Something yeah. different to do. More, yeah, especially when it's like PS2 days, like things where it's like your controllers, things with your controller and those back in those days wasn't wasn't great. Um, 11, so 11 is a weird one. So the, the, you get a few, there's a couple like these now that are a bit like a lion or a dog. Um, and for some reason, when I did this the first time, it just took me ages um, because he can really hit you and he's really fast. So this is like, Firstly, he's more your size, um, so he's not really a colossus at all. He's fairly, he's you know, fairly small, really, compared to the rest of them. Um, but yeah, really fast. It's hard to get away. And basically, it took me a while to figure out that you have to get him to, like, knock a stick of fire down, and then you've got to wave the stick at him until he falls off um, the platform to the ground below and breaks his shell, whereby you see his weak point on his back. And then you've got to somehow climb onto him. Um, but he's just so fucking fast. It's just really infuriating. Um, that sounds and he quite... his head like mad when you actually jump on. So it's quite difficult to do. Um, that sounds quite convoluted. How did you figure out how to carry out all those different steps? Did you genuinely work it out or did you? Yeah, no, you, you, no, no, no. Um, genuinely worked it out. Like if you remember, like I think back in those, I mean, the internet was there, but it wasn't like, you know, it, it wasn't as readily available to do like walkthroughs yeah. or whatever. But, um, and also like, you don't want it really, do you? You want to figure out yourself. Well, that's I what mean, I was going to say. It makes like, when he like, cause he's just charges at you. And I remember like when he charges at you and if you're in front of a post, and the stick falls down, it's like a cut scene. So it will cut away to like, be like, here's a stick. And you think, okay, well, I've got to use a stick. Um, But the thing is that sometimes when it falls down, it looks like it's on fire when it's not, it's just kind of like burning. So you have to um, climb back up sometimes, get the stick on fire. And as soon as you've got the stick in your hand and it's on fire, he will naturally just back away. And then you realize, okay, cool. Supposed to do something here. And then you wave it about. Um, and then you see him like backing up and the only way really he can back up to is out of the actual building. So yeah, so it's just like trial and error. Um, yeah. I was thinking someone it. playing it now might feel tempted, you know, if they're frustrated just to look it up online, but then they're depriving themselves of the whole point, purpose of the game, right? Which is... Yeah. And that's why you should be satisfied for anything. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I would say you to walk through it is on something like Dark Souls where you are seriously stuck then you're like, I have no idea where to go or what to do. Um, and then, you know, check a walkthrough because it's purposefully obtuse. Um, but yeah, something like that, you know, puzzles and shit you can figure out. Um, 
so what would I call him? I'm going to call him Rex. Something simple. Dog name. Not Rexius? No, just Rex. Well, then I'm going to dock three points. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to give up two. <laughs> wow. What's he called? Uh, Seleucia. Oh, sexy. Sounds quite, yeah. Salacious. How alluring. Yeah. Salutations. Um, okay. Next one, number 12, is another water-based one. Um, it's basically this big giant guy uh, who has <laughs> teeth on the top of his head. Um, and you, it took me a while to figure out this one as well, if I remember rightly, because you've basically got to, you've got to get on top of him and then you hit the teeth to move him um, in the direction you want. So you hit the left teeth, he goes left. You hit the front teeth, he goes forward, right teeth, right. Um, and you get him to take you to the top of the platform. And once you get to the top of the platform, he will shoot electricity and stuff at you, if I believe that's right. Um, and you basically hide. And then he'll like kind of lift himself up, like out of the water, like, and put his feet down on top as if like to get a look at you or whatever. And then that's when you fucking jump onto him. And I think he's got it like in his belly, the underneath, and it's the only way you can get to that weak point. Um, and you stab him. So it's a really, yeah, and you do that a couple of times and it's done. So it's a really tough way to figure out where that fucking weak point is. Um, Yeah, it's a bit more puzzly, but it does get a bit infuriating. And sometimes when you're bashing the teeth and you're like, no, this way... It's why you fucking can't. It's why, and you know, it's not really doing what you kind of want it to. Um, Sounds kind of gross, this one, but in a fun way. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit weird. Well, the thing is, it's like you don't actually realise their teeth until you start hitting them because they look a funny colour. Um, and that's kind of part of it is that some of these things signal it because they look like slightly blue or shiny or whatever, and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm supposed to do something with this, um, interact with it in some way, and yeah, it does work. Um, I'm going to call him uh, Canivus. <laughs> nice one. Uh, give that a seven as well. <laughs> Thanks. Up there with Elias. Um, <laughs> he's called Pelgia. Yeah. No. It's no. A big, big hard I, fat cock no from me. Piglia, maybe, but not Pelgia. No, of course not. Why would it be? Ridiculous. Stupid. Lucky 13. Lucky 13. So we're, we're coming on now. So this one is really epic. Um, it's like some flying worm beast. And basically you have to shoot these pustules underneath that seems to keep it afloat and it will um, come down. And then its wings will be in the sand. You have to ride along and then jump from your horse onto the wings, climb up, and then it raises back up into the sky. And then it's like, da, 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 da as you kind of try and make your way and um, stab it. Um, so that one is a pretty big epic one because it's basically this big flying giant sandworm. Um, and that's a really good one. That's one of my favourites as well. Um, and I would call it, I would have called it the flying dirge but uh, <laughs> rather than the um, one in the dirt. Uh, I'm going to call it uh, Nautica. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I give it a five. Right. Phalanx. Phalanx. Phalanx, which is an actual thing, isn't it? It's like a some military term from ancient Greece. Mm. Oh, penises. It's not very exciting. It doesn't really capture the imagination, does it? Like, uh, like Nauticus. Nauticus, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a good one, that one. Are, they, uh, are these colossi, are they getting harder to defeat? No, but this is it. Like, some of them are fairly hard. Like, that guy with the teeth wasn't particularly, wasn't particularly hard. Um, but, yeah, this, like, this next one was actually quite, quite simple, number 14. Um, well, it depends what you see as simple. But this one is basically a platforming level. Um, because you go to this like weird hidden city, like temple, like something from Tomb Raider or something. And it's one of those like dog things again, which is a bit annoying. It's like, uh, I feel like I've seen this already. And basically you're using the environment. So you kind of get his attention and then you climb up and he's knocking down pillars that you're standing on, but it's actually helping you traverse the environment. And then basically you're kind of like above him um, and you get to a point where some of the temple collapses on him and it's broken off his armor. And then that allows you to jump on his back and kill him. So it's a similar thing to like the one before, except this one is a bit more elaborate. And essentially you're doing a big circle around this little map, just trying to like, you know, stay on top of these things that he's like trying to, where he's trying to get you down off the platforms. You have um, to trick him. Yeah. And that's pretty simple. That's just jumping at the right time, climbing things at the right time. Um, and even if you fuck it up, you basically can just kind of go back on top of things and climb back up. It's no biggie. Um, yeah, so that's a, that's a fairly easy one, I'd say. Um, but it's Poor little blighter. patience more than anything. Yeah. Um, now we're coming to the end now. Number 15. Whoa, 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 oh, sorry, whoa, whoa. sorry. What would I call it? What would I call it? Um, I would call it Templar because it's in a temple. He's actually called Cenobia. Hmm. Yeah. Just nothing. I've got it's nothing to say about that. It's a name. 
It's the name. That's fine. Um, fair enough. Uh, number 15, I think, is the one that's on the um, uh, cover. And I love this one. This might be my favorite one of the whole thing because, for one thing, it is huge. It's massive. It's one of the biggest ones. It looks like a gorilla. Yeah. Um, it's epic. And you're basically in this like weird, like, I don't know what it is, like an aqueduct or something. And um, it's absolutely huge. And so when you walk in, you're like, fuck, this is big. And then to, to basically to kill it, um, you've kind of got to climb up the side of one of it. And there's like a little walkway right at the top, very thin walkway. So you get a real sense of vertigo once you're at the top there, just like the scale of it is just like perfect. And you basically jump off onto him. And I think you stab him in the head or the shoulder or whatever it is. And then um, he'll throw you off. And then suddenly he's like really pissed off. And this one was like, um, and then this was like a bit tough because you're trying to, I remember like the first time I did this, I was like, I don't know where the fuck his next weak point is. Where the fuck am I supposed to stab him? And then you realise he's like slamming his fist down now, like trying to smash you. And then you realise it's in his hand. So when he puts his fist down, you've got to like hit his hand for him to open his hand. And then you grab on and then you stab him in the palm of his hand. And that's scary how you kill him. Um, You're walking into the jaws of death. Yeah, literally. It's very easy to fall off him for a start. He does really like shake to try and get you off. Um, And he's obviously a lot bigger. So you, every time it's one of those ones where when you do fall off, it's a real fucking ass to try and get back on him again. Um, Because you've got to climb all the way back up, get to the walkway, jump back off, and you've got to get the timing of the jump right and all this. Um, so it's a it's quite big in terms of scale um and that's a really good one uh what would i call him i'm gonna call him um herbius i quite like that he looks like a herbie yeah um what's his actual name he's called argus okay not which is well yeah yeah could be his bland (laughs) at least he's named after something cool yeah. So then, my one, once you've done that, yeah, <laughs> that's then you're onto the into the final bit. run. Yeah, and this one, much more of a lead up. As I said, like your horse aggro is now falling into the water. It's very stormy now. It's rainy. Everything's been fairly, you know, light and sunny, but now it's like storm, pure storm. And what it is is, there's in the distance, there's this like. It's like the torso of a giant. It's kind of just like stuck in the ground. And you've basically got like trenches. And he is throwing these, you know, fireballs or is it electricity or whatever, but I can't remember now, um, at you. So you've got to figure out how to get near him. And it's like it zooms in and out as you're playing. Um and you're just literally, and all the time, like there's some bits where you're like climbing around the side of like, I think it's like you're on a cliff face or whatever. Um, and it pulls back and you could just see the giant thing there. And there's just tiny little you just trying to like get close to him. And it's really cool. And it's all like dark and stormy and there's rain splashing and everything. So it feels like really massive. Um, and then you basically are able to kind of get closer to him and you've got, you've got to figure it out. It's quite a cool puzzle. And you climb up on him and then once you're on him, it's like a whole other puzzle now because now you've got to like, there's bits where you have to like hit him and then he'll bring his hand around and then you've got to jump on his hand. And then when he swings it back up, you've got a time hitting another part of his body. So he brings his other hand around and then you've got to 
get the jump perfectly timed to jump on that hand. And then, um, and then you got to climb up him and stab him like on his head again. But it just, it's such an ass to get right to that top and stab him. Um, and it's great. It's a really kind of big, epic final one. I think the fact that he's like not moving and he's just kind of stuck in the ground is weird one because the rest of them have all been this like moving feels like it's like independent thing. And he's just like stuck there. Um, and I know why they did that in terms of, you know, it'd be, it's, it's kind of like the point of this last level, but I was like, I don't know. It feels like it feels more like he's part of the architecture than a living being, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, so it loses a bit of its humanity, I would say a little bit, but it's still really, really big. And um Yeah. And that's it. And can you can you believe that the original plan was to have forty eight of these? <laughs> wow, six sixteen is enough. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's kind of generally going through all the all the colossi. Uh, what were your who's your favourite? Oh, okay, oh. come you, you first. Um, I was wondering, do any of them have it where the weak point is their bottom? No, well, they missed a trick. That's there. your that's it's... your weak point. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'd certainly get a kick out of that. Um, oh, we didn't say who he, he's called Malice. Oh, Malice. The last one. Malice. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I would have got that. Way. <laughs> I like just on appearance and what you've told me. I think uh, Argus looks cool. The fifteen again. Number fifteen. Yeah, he, he was the, my favourite. I think as well with the hand. Mm. And good old Barber. Yeah. Barber Barber was all right, but it's um it's just very short. He's one of the easier ones. So he doesn't really get much of the time of day. Kind of people just breeze yeah. past him a bit. That's um, a shame because he's he looks like a lovable tyke. Yeah. I think, yeah, number fifteen. I like the flying sandworm thing. Um with the pustules. That one was good. And the first yeah. flying one that you see is good. Um, and then I think the third one where it's like, he's got the massive arm sword thing. Uh, cause that's a set. That's the first time you sense the real scale of these things when you play it. And I think that still creates a, some awe. So that's, uh, definitely a noteworthy place there. Um, and, it's um, good. what's your preferred version of the game? Uh, it's funny you say that because I still like the PS2 one the be- best, I think. And that's because aesthetically it's so because the colors are quite desaturated and the style of it is quite sparse and of sparse sort of sparse um and yeah just to have it it's kind of got like those games back then on the ps2 they just have this like weird like filter on it this quick weird like sheen yeah and i think like back then on the ps2 it had like a dreamlike quality like a fog. Yeah, it felt like a, yeah, and it felt very mystical. And the fact that you couldn't see so far into the distance, it was really like super, and that's how they did it, is that basically it was these like low res images far away. Um, That's how they saved in memory. And it would literally jump into a different asset as you got closer to it, uh, which would be a bit more detailed. Um, But they tried to, so a lot of it's like fairly blurry, but yeah, it just felt like, like more like washed out and all this stuff than the later ones. 
And I think I prefer that PS2 version better because it feels more like dreamlike. Um, whereas the PS3 one was obviously kind of good, but because it was crisper, I was like, I don't really need to see it crisp. Like okay. it's not, um, there's nothing here for me to see really that needs to be crisp. And obviously you've got the actual mm. monsters themselves, but it's like, yeah, okay. It just feels very clean. And I was like, I it's too clean. And then yeah. with the remake is really good and, and all this stuff. But again, it feels like the colors are deep and rich, the textures, it's all super detailed. There's a bit more like life and a bit more stuff, but it just loses that like washed out, um, it feels more vibrant and more alive, which is great. But for me, I think I just prefer that kind of washed outness of the PS2 one. Um, and do you hmm. feel they maybe missed a trick in considering they rebuilt the whole thing from scratch in adding in any new, more modern elements, either in the gameplay or the design or maybe new Colossi characters? Or do you think it was the right idea to uh, be faithful and authentic? Yeah, I believe they added some kind of like what they call quality of life improvements in terms of some of the movement um, and all this. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, I didn't really notice when I was playing it. Um, it would have been nice because there's, uh, I'll come on to this a bit later, they cut some Colossi, maybe bringing in some like new ones, um, uh, which I'll talk about in Nerd Corner coming up. But um, yeah, uh, I think think yeah i mean it's really good it's a great remake if anyone hasn't done it i'd say yeah you know no harm obviously in doing the ps4 version because it's great um but there was something about back then and uh playing it for like the first time and it just being like super lo-fi um that just really i found like more appealing um and yeah that's part of its style as well um and I think, yeah, if it was made today and you said, right, we're going to do a massive open world, it's going to be fuck all in it. Like it would just never get, it would never get made. Um, Cause everyone, it always has to be like dense and like realistic yeah. and a million things going on, uh, which is fine. And that's great. And I love that as well. But for this, it, it worked to, cause it had a certain mood, a certain tone, which um, I think was really like beautiful and sad at the same time. Well, there you go, kids. You can't beat the good old days. And if you didn't play it, on the PS2, you've missed the boat. Fucking missed out, <laughs> dickheads. Um, um, I'm quite yeah. interested in hearing about these ones that were cut. So, uh, yeah, let's yeah. go on to that. Um, and yeah, go into Nerd's Corner. Hello, so welcome to Nerd's Corner. Um, so, Dan, as I was saying, there was some, uh, some colossi that didn't make it into the game. There was a lot that didn't make it into the game, but some were a bit more detailed than others. Okay. Um, and I'm just kind of going to go through some of them. It's going to be a bit hard to uh, describe this to people listening. Um, I believe you're on a wiki anyway, so you can actually probably click through to the links and uh, see them yourself. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd kind of go over um, some of the ones and see if they, they would have been any good. So okay. the first, the first one up uh, is called um, Devil, and he's basically like a winged demon. Oh my god, that already sounds amazing! Yeah, why would they not do that? Yeah, and he uh, apparently it was um, 
a small colossus and you would defeat it with your bow, which makes sense because you have to use your bow for the whole thing. Um, and yeah, you'd hide on the grass and jump on its back. Um, so you'd have to like try and avoid it to start with and then, yeah, creep up and, and climb on him. Um, and you can still see some images of, of it in, in uh, the game engine, I guess. Um, and yeah, it looks, it's quite cool, but yeah, it's one of the smaller ones. It's still fairly big, but not as big. Um, so it's worth, it's worth checking these, these things out, by the way, guys. Um, I think it sounds cool. I think you should have, they should have gone, why didn't they go with them? Yeah, I think some of them just weren't fleshed out enough. Some of them just when they were starting to, um, play it just didn't work. Um, or it was just for some reason, um, it had it was too similar to maybe some other ones or whatever, uh, mm. and I guess like they have to cut draw the line somewhere. <laughs> like it's, it's only so much you could put on a fucking CD. Um, Is that why they went from forty eight to sixteen? They just quite quickly went. It's not feasible. Yeah, I, I imagine that's the case. <laughs> we can't do forty eight. Well, also like and here's a bit of uh, trivia I was going to go into later, but it was supposed to be a multiplayer. So the first stuff that was huh. released, um, some of the videos and stuff, there was multiple people taking on a uh, colossi, one of the colossi. Um, and cool. I think the idea was that it was going to be, yeah, like a multiplayer experience, but obviously that didn't happen. They weren't able to do it. Uh, but it would be oh, that's a shame. They yeah. should re- they should they should totally remake it like that. Cause that'd be really yeah. cool, collaborating but, with someone trying to take down one of these huge things. Yeah, um, well, th- there's a game out there called Mon- Monster Hunter, uh, Monster Hunter World, which might be more up your street, which is um, a very deep RPG-style uh, Japanese game where you are literally working with other people to defeat huge, massive monsters. Um, oh, cool. Can you less... play as a horse? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking that'd be good. I've never Can actually played the them, but people, people love them. Um, Can I be the horse? <laughs> Get on top. Yeah. Um, you can be Wander and I'll be the horse. Argo. You've basically described in the Jumanji uh, 2 film, <laughs> um, the new one that came out with The Rock. Uh, <laughs> the next one is called Griffin. Um, and yeah, there's a, I can imagine again, there's a proper, it seemed to be properly developed as well. Um, and yeah, apparently you could defeat it by making use of its weakness, which was fire. And the idea was that you basically ride aggro your horse um, and ride around it because it's fairly big and whatever. Apparently didn't like fire. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of that one, uh, which looks, I think, pretty cool. Um, yeah, but apparently uh, the reason it got scrapped was it got frustrating and repetitive um, and it was quite easy to fall off. What does he look like? Like a big griffin vulture sort of? I really don't know what it looks like. It looks like a moose more than anything. Um, <laughs> or like a fucking house with some weird bits on. I don't know. It's really weird. I don't know how you describe it. Um, There's a moose loose who looks a bit like a hoose. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next one is a fairly unoriginal name, which is uh, Phoenix. There are nine of these, by the way, I should say. Phoenix seemed to be um, literally a bird, as you can imagine. Um, and I think the idea by the sounds of it was that cause it was on fire, whatever, you'd have to try and get it into the lake. Um, and, uh, yeah. So apparently they said that aggro probably would have been vital 
to this battle because in any screenshots that are released, there's one dot on aggro to do it. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. It's on fire. It's flying around. You've got to try and get it in the lake. Uh, so that's Phoenix. That might that might have been an interesting one. Who knows? The next one is Rock. Um, and again, it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's is like just a big bird. rock. No, it's um, R-O-C. It's uh, how it's spelled. Um, and yeah, these are more, uh, these are more based on actual uh, creatures, stories, aren't they? That, yeah. Right. The rock is a big giant bird from uh, Greek mythology, I think. Okay, right. Um, uh, Arabic, it says here, actually, mythology. Oh, okay. um, and yeah, it's got a long neck, basically a long neck. Uh, bird, shoot it down with your bow and arrow. Um, and yeah, chop his neck off. Yeah, chop his chop bloody it up. head off. Um, yeah, uh, so that was another one that was going to come out. Um, and then the next one was Saru, which basically looks like a fat monkey <laughs> with like really <coughs> long arms. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, some uh, apparently it's also amongst fans it's just called monkey and uh, you basically had to defeat it by kind of hitting its hands or something so it'd um, fall onto the floor um, and it would try and kill you by trying to drop onto you um, yeah so that so, looks I don't know I don't know if that would be any good it's not really a colossus I suppose it would have been 33 metres 108 feet but, is that high is that big it's pretty big. Pretty big, isn't it? I could have had him slip on a banana skin, smash up into a million pieces. Have any of these leaked? Have people actually played these? Uh, it's a good point. Not sure. Don't know if it's in the actual... People have um, gone into the code or whatever. It's possible. Oh. Um, the next one was uh, Sirius, which again looks like the, the kind of horsey, doggy kind of ones. Um, fairly boring, to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah, it just looks like a hog, they say. Uh, and yeah, um, I've seen it, I've seen him, just be, done yeah, it. So it, just like the other ones. Uh, apparently, you had to use rocks or something to defeat it, but I feel like we've seen, we've already seen that, um, in the other ones. Um, so moving quickly on to Spider, Spider is looks like one of my favorite ones, to be honest. It looks like, um, the spiders from that film Enemy with Jack, Gyll- Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, these huge, oh. like towering, horrible, like little body, really massive legs. Um, and I think it was basically, it was too difficult to kind of climb up the legs to get to the body by the sounds of it. Um, and yeah, you have to basically kind of hit its, hit its legs, climb onto its body, whatever it was. Um, yeah. Uh, don't really know why that was pulled. Um, but, uh, I think it's something to do with the, um, strategy of how to do it, and it just wasn't really, um, wasn't really working out. Which I can just imagine. too hard. Yeah, might have just been too. The difficult. thin line between challenging and just not fun. Yeah, it's true. Why have it if it's going to be shit? Um, the next one I don't know how to say. To- Toby, you. Um, okay. This one was is just a drawing. Um, it, it didn't get any further than that. Uh, it's basically a big fish. It's uh, an <laughs> eel. Um, which and I imagine it would be kind of like that electric eel that was uh, already one of the original colossi. Do you think some of these got superseded once they ditched them? They were like, yeah, oh, we maybe. put all these concepts together into one. They might have just mixed it in into another one. Um, and again, the next one is um, simply called Worm. 
Uh, this one looks fairly cool. It looks a bit more like the Dune Worms. It's got like a f- flower bulb head that um, I imagine that you'd probably have to shoot it in and try and kill it from there or whatever. Um, yeah, it looks like it's fairly big, um, bigger than, what is it, Dirge or whatever, which is the other yeah. worm-like one. Um, and I think the idea behind it was that because it's got any eyes or anything, it would go by sound. And that's, you know, that's how... Like tremors. Yeah, yeah, just like tremors, that's right. Um, and then the exciting. last one is uh, Yamori A, uh, which basically... Don't looks... speak about my mother like that. <laughs> Yamori A, um, it's like Canadian, uh, which, yeah, was basically like kind of like the other dog slash horse... Um, uh, Colossi, but this one was supposed to be a bit more gecko-ish. Um, hmm. A bit of like a, a furry gecko. Um, and that's basically it on Nerd Corner. That was all um, uh, That was all the unused Colossi that I think is definitely worth kind of looking at the pictures of. Uh, the only other thing was that there was a... Uh, the soundtrack is often um, uh, discussed because it is very good. And um, you might have heard some of that. Well, you would have definitely when I edit it together. Had some of the music already on that, uh, and yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely worth pointing out that it adds a lot to the game itself. Uh, there was a release oh. in two thousand and five. Um, you won't be able to find it on Spotify or anything. I think they're on YouTube though, or they should be anyway. Um, and yeah, the, go out uh, and buy released, the vinyl, kids. Yeah, well, that was it. It's two thousand and five soundtrack. It's released in Japan only, and I think they literally oh, go for it. hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Um, quite difficult to get hold of so if you do see one then get it um definitely worth getting and it looks cool as well and it is cool and the music itself is cool um so dan that's all i've got for that so should we do um our final final impressions i think it's your turn i tell you Um, what i'll make it an easy one you do i'll do mine for the moment you just do your one in a big and the most giant voice that you can do big booming giant voice um my final impression is that uh this is one of my favorite games of all time and i love it's one of those things where like games as art is often discussed and i think this is very beautiful it looks great it has its own style um i like the fact it was going against kind of everything that was happening at the time the sheer audacity and ambition of the game itself is commendable. Um, and to this day, I think it resonates on an emotional level, on a gameplay level, and just as a uh, really sweet work of media. Um, and to be honest, like if you really push through it, you could probably do it in about four hours, maybe less. Um huh if you knew how to do it, it's not a long game and it's, it's a perfect length. Um, and yeah, it's definitely one of the highlights of my, um, gaming life. I should say, Dan, over to you. Game looks good. I will play. Is that it? Yeah. Well, I was channeling the barber. I thought that's how he probably Speak. <laughs> a man. Of, it's a bit simple. Yeah, but it doesn't get doesn't get many visitors. 
Um, man, a few words. Man, a few words, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's check out some of the other reviews. I hate it. Reviews. Um, so on Amazon, 87% of the people review this give it a four or a five. So I thought let's delve into the other 13%. <laughs> All those reviews are just glowing, you know. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, I'll see what you see what you think about some of these, Sam. Um, so we've got the coach who gives a one star review oh. under the title "Good Graphics: A Game Does Not Make." Mm. My son played it a few times, but got <laughs> bored. He rode around on a horse for ages, doing not much, then climbed on some massive creature and attacked it. It was lovely graphics, but there didn't seem to be much going on. Still not sure what the plot was even now. Just killing massive things, I guess. It's not wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the beauty of it. And that's why it's like, you know, he's probably used to like fucking Call of Duty or something like yeah. that. Just like needs that kind of stimulation. It's like, what the hell is this? Mm. It's like giving someone who like, you know, I don't know fucking reads just like the, the shittiest Marvel comics or something like Charles Dickens. <laughs> so I know what's going on here. Where are the yeah, I like the idea of this guy kind of like, um, like musing on the senselessness of war. Like not yeah. sure what the point was, just killing massive things. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something quite profound in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go to Philip who also gave it one star. Uh, here's his review titled, Awful. <laughs> I don't understand how some people claim this is one of the best games ever. I'm an avid gamer, have been for 20 plus years, <laughs> and this game almost made me give up on gaming completely. Oh, wow. I'm a completist in every game I play, but this game I could not wait to finish and play Odyssey. Oh my God, Assassin's Creed. I liked the concept of the game, but the world was boring and difficult to explore. Your horse struggles to go anywhere effectively and it's too scared to jump two feet. This game almost sucked the life out of me and I can honestly say the worst game I have ever played. The worst game he's ever played. And he's played AIDS Kiss Chase. Um, (laughs) the, The controls are horrible. The graphics aren't great. The story is boring. It's extremely repetitive and easy. I honestly don't understand why people enjoy it. Um, I do kind of understand when people have a problem with the actual riding out to meet the um, Colossi because that can get frustrating and it can be quite long. Um, And that's why it's not like a perfect game because I would say some of those bits are annoying. Um, So I do kind of get it, but it's kind of missing it's kind of missing the point of it a little bit. Um, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Because it's kind of part of the, part of the build up and part of the, the, the tone that it's going for, um, that, you know, results in these big epic battles. And the idea is that you want to feel isolated and you want to feel like these colossi are isolated and like far away. And like, you know, they're not just like fucking hanging around. They're not just like, yeah. <laughs> You know, they're all like within like twenty seconds of each other or whatever. You want to get just you want to get the idea that it's something epic. There's a distance. There's a journey that's being had for each one of these. 
But at the same time, I can appreciate that some people get a bit annoyed about it, um, about the fact that it's rolling around with nothing to do <laughs> for a while on some of these. Did you play this game, would you say, to edify yourself or improve your general state of being? No. But at the end of completion, how would you how would you describe how you were how you were feeling and where you were in life? Um I thought this was gonna go into a review. Um this gets got so deep. Uh I think it was um Oh God, I don't know. I don't know. I've got, I don't know what to say. I, I feel like uh, it made me feel. The thing is, like when it comes out at the end, and then you know you're a baby, and all this stuff, it does kind of fill you with hope because to that point, it's been slightly on. It's been a whole downer basically, and this weird in this weird way, you've got these like little bits of like you know glory kills of these like massive beasts, but essentially the whole thing is kind of playing down and that uh and make and like you're the bad guy basically um and so it's nice that it ends on it like a bit of a bit of hope a bit of a nice thing so yeah it was nice that um it kind of left me feeling a bit more up positive about the world basically there's all this from all this evil there can still spawn some good that's good but uh of course you would be better off grating your nuts off on a rusty cheese grater <laughs> that's the advice of up D Harris. Yeah. That's his one star know if review. I'd be better off doing that. <laughs> well, that's what he thinks. I've got after a couple of kids now, I don't need them anymore anyway. So. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> <him>. <laughs> Uh I've got one final one star review, but I thought yeah. this one seemed quite articulate. So let's see what you think of this. Mm. This is Granty. Mm. Uh one star uh, slow is the uh, title of his re- review. Mm-hmm. I gave up on this on the third Colossus. The game felt repetitive already at this stage. The time wasting after missing jumps on the way to confront the third Colossus takes ages to swim all the way back to start climbing yet again. Made me switch off for good. The game does have... Start, I can imagine someone like switching off his life support machine. <laughs> <laughs> the game does have stunning graphics but feels very linear doesn't really have an open world feel more like an empty uh, world yes that's the point that's <laughs> <laughs> the thing is this like molly coddled fucking generation where like everything is like what do you mean like this is an open world i can't decide what i want to do <laughs> what the hell it's like no not all games it's a it's fucking like 13 year old Probably more, like, what is it, 14, 15-year-old game? Like, yeah, it's not open world. You can't, idiot. It wasn't supposed to be like that. This is the most open world that it got. <laughs> was this in Grand Theft Auto 3? Like, that was uh, it. I've got one more. One more. This is, um, this is the top critical review on Amazon. Mm. So this guy was very confused. He gave him three stars. Right. Uh, with the title... How can something so good be so bad? Right. A question that you ask yourself every weekend, Sam, when you get back from your your cottaging session and you're <laughs> you're, you're washing all that old tramp calm out of your and, uh, anal passage. I'm just dousing myself in holy water. 
He said, I cannot recall being so conflicted about a video game. On the one hand, I very much enjoyed the vast majority of Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> On the other hand, the overall experience is marred by some absolutely abysmal design decisions. Firstly, the good. The game is gorgeous. The scenery is genuinely beautiful. <laughs> Riding through the environment is a pleasure for the most part, although the graphical fidelity is severely hampered by a glaring, horrendous flaw that I will get to in a minute. Oh, okay. Uh, it then goes on about some other stuff. I'll cut to the chase here. Yep. The camera in this game is beyond woeful. The camera. Yeah. Now, I don't remember your man having a camera. He's got a sword. <laughs> uh, said it's terrible beyond words. I'm trying not to sound hyperbolic, but it is difficult because the camera is so ruinous to the experience. That's so locked in a, a battle stick. with the camera. <laughs> but every single second of this game. It is almost as if the developers predetermined the best camera angle for every single spot of the environment. Want to look at that waterfall? Tough. The camera wants you to stare at the ground. Want to admire the beautiful scenery? Tough. Look over that way instead. Want to get a better angle on the boss? Tough. You're staring at its feet. It's frankly baffling that this game was released in this state and that nobody at any point in the production of this game decided to fix this. The instant you release the right stick, it just boings back to where it should be. I realise this is a remake of the PS2 game, and the developers would have wanted to stay true to the original experience, but let's be honest, the PS2 generation was not perfect when it came to camera angles. We have come a long way. (laughs) A couple of things on that. One, I I might be wrong, but I believe they did update the controls, and I think... Oh my god, I'm gonna, I'll get lynched for this probably, but I think you could change your experience with the game and go back to the old controls. Maybe I might have completely made that huh. up, but I do remember in the original one, the PS2 one, the, the the camera and the controls were very finickety. Um, they were infuriating. I don't remember it being a problem on the PS4 one, but obviously this guy feels like it's still there. Um, but yeah. It's interesting because I'm remembering like these little bits. It's kind of rose tinted glasses a little bit sometimes for me, um, yeah. maybe. But uh, as these, yeah, when he talks about the camera, I do remember being a bit like, yeah, the camera's fucking annoying. Um, but yeah, I definitely, uh, it's weird because they talk about the graphics. It's like, yeah, the graphics are gorgeous. But I was thinking it wasn't really about that back then on the PS2. Like they've made it look really good now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that was my main problem when I was playing it again as well. Not, I know I've just kind of already said this, but when you can see like the mountains properly in the distance and you can see the fields and all this stuff, it's like, yeah, it's just too clear. Seeing too much, yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of lost the magic a little bit. Um, cool. That's some, that's some, to be fair, those reviews were fairly, I, I, you know, I can empathise with some of the issues that were raised there, put it that way. Yeah. Um, um, well, that's it for reviews. So, yeah. are we on to picking next yeah. week's episode? Yeah, we get to pick next week's episode, and we're on to a Which movie. I think, yes, so a, movie, a moving picture, a moving picture, a motion indeed. picture. So, I'm going to press the reset button. Reset. Here we go. And it is. Oh, uh, hopefully you've got this morons. From outer space. <laughs> is that the ITV? Not ITV. The Mel, not Mel Brooks. Uh, Mel Smith. 
comedy. And and Griff Reese Jones. Yes. Okay, I'm um, looking forward to seeing this actually then. Cool. Yeah, I am too. A bit of background maybe to why I added this to the list. Yeah. I got a few years ago, someone bought me a book as a birthday present um, called like Secret Cinema. Uh, I think it's called like Secret Cinema Volume One. So I think he just thought, oh, it's probably like a book about obscure films. But it's not. It's volume one in a proposed series of books about secret cinema. And it's mm. just about morons from outer space. <laughs> so I, um, I sat on that book for a while, but I did read it a few months ago. Um, and it was actually a really good book because it's more about um, obsession rather than about the film itself. There's a lot about, you know, why am I writing this book? Why am I so obsessed with this film? And there's a lot about like what drives people, you know, like with nostalgia. Um, and there's lots of stuff about like really horrible geeky moments in his life where he's like, he's bidding on an auction for a Morons from Outer Space poster. And he's really like... <laughs> in the moment where he's like clicking, he's like weighing up all the priorities in his life. Like, why am I prepared to spend 300 pounds on this poster? Um, but it was interesting because I, I do remember seeing it at the time. I think I did get it out on video in the late eighties and I can't remember anything about it, but, um, you know, it was a big production. It's got, um, Smith and Jones and some other, um, well-known actors, uh, Jimmy Nail and, but it's just uh, completely <laughs> forgotten. Well, no, he's not a well-known actor. <laughs> like UK, anyone over the age of 35 in England will probably know who Jimmy Nail is. <clears throat> I wouldn't classify that as a, as a well-known actor. <laughs> he's an A-lister, isn't he? No. Jimmy Nail's like the American, sorry, the, uh, the English uh, Nicolas Cage. No. <laughs> not at all. Oh, fuck all in God knows how long. <laughs> Do you remember his music? These crocodile shoes. Yeah. Remember the other one? Too. She's lying. That's right. I can't love it. I love that you knew both of them. <laughs> I don't want nobody else. I love you. She's lying. I need somebody else and that's true. She's lying. So those, those bits of him saying she's lying are the bits that he sang. It's like a woman singing other bits. She's lying. Uh, that was the chorus. That's all you had to do. And I remember like the video was like him in a phone box or something, like looking at the camera like, she's lying. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bitch is lying. I'm telling you. That guy, um, he's an alchemist. He's managed to make a successful career as an actor and a recording artist out of seemingly very little uh, raw material. Like, so there was people out there that were like thinking he was hot. He's like the ugliest man yeah, ever. Really so ugly. He um, is. He was in, I think like some, I don't know if it's ever got overseas, but Off Winterson Pet was um, how he kind of made his name, I suppose, a bit more than I think anything. that was his first like acting role. Apparently, I don't, he wasn't an actor until like into his 30s. And then he just went, there was a casting call and he just went and was like, yeah, I'm going to have that role. Did I it? think he's got a bit of swag about him. I think he's just like, I'm going to do that and uh, make it happen. Yeah. So unfortunately he couldn't make it happen for morons from outer space, which is why it's kind of slumped into obscurity. But uh, I thought good fodder for Oddcast. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm just looking at his IMDb. You know, he was in Evita. I never saw Evita. No, me neither. Can you believe that? He's in Evita. That's crazy, um, isn't it? 
He was in, uh, oh yeah, he was in Still Crazy. Do you remember that old 1998 comedy thing? Uh, yeah, um, I didn't see burned. it. But... Yeah, well, I didn't see it. Um, I think this is it. He feels like a chancer. He's like, yeah, he's the, well, I'll give that I mean, a go. Basically like... it. Um, oh, he was in Danny Champion of the World. Do you remember that? That's 1989. Fucking hell. I mean, we're going back. It's just like, you know, these were, they did fairly well. But he was more known for like yeah his TV um, stuff, uh, yeah. Minder he was in um, for for a while. Uh, that was the other big thing he was in. But yeah, Off Winderson Pet was kind of the um, okay. a, a fairly um, popular TV show. But back the main the, the main draw here is that this was a vehicle or uh, a, a comedy double act that was amongst the most popular in Britain at the time. Yeah, uh, Smith and Jones. Mel Smith, I mean, this actually killed Griff Reese Jones's aspirations to work in film, completely stone cold dead. And he never did anything in film again. Right. Um, whereas Mel a, Smith, yeah. Mel Smith then used it as a launch pad to have a successful career, very successful career behind the camera um, as a director and producer. Um, his biggest hits being <laughs> Bean and. Mm. Bean goes on holiday. <laughs> mm. um, but uh, big money makers. Yeah, because so, he was, they were always, this was at like a time in British culture where um, there was a lot of like double acts. So you had like Hale and Pace, who are, yep. were probably the lesser known, I would say, um, yeah. of the team ups. Then, yeah, you had um, Smith and Laurie. Uh, but then you also had... Fry and uh, Laurie. Sorry, yeah, Fry and Laurie, who were the... Of, more famous ones. Stephen Fry, obviously still big today. Hugh Laurie. Oh, Hugh Laurie's still really big. Um, yeah. Hugh Laurie was in House. That's probably, that's how he got his name in America, really um, separate from all the British stuff. Um, and obviously he's in movies and shit as well. Uh, Stephen Fry is on, seems to be everywhere. Um, and, but yeah, uh, How on Pace was the other one. And then obviously, yeah, it was Mel Smith and um, Smith and, I've forgotten already. Smith and Jones. Jones, that's it, Smith and Jones. Um, but yeah, there were a few of those. Uh, um, Mel Smith, people that don't know as well. Uh, I think we spoke about this before, was also in The Princess Bride. Um, he was the albino monk, uh, if you have, if you remember. Um, and that was kind of his like Hollywood um, thing, I guess. <laughs> it's uh, Hollywood pinnacle. Yeah, it's Hollywood pinnacle. Um, he's funny in it as well. Uh, and... Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's a really weird one because it's like they're just so... Like Griff Rhys-Jones is literally a poor man's Hugh Laurie, a very poor man's Hugh Laurie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, this because they sort of been at the height of their career, surely. It, yeah, absolutely. It was meant to be, you know, it was meant to launch them into film. And it's just a head-scratcher why they chose to do, you know, such a kind of like naff idea, really. Because, you know, the sketch shows were usually based around, like, social observations and topical stuff. And instead they did, like, a, a parody of a B-movie about... And just the title of it is ridiculous, right? So, yeah. Um, it's interesting to me from that from that angle of, like, why, what decisions were made. Um, but, yeah, I need to see it to kind of uh, get a look at the car crash, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, well, that's it from us today. That was a rather long one. I didn't mean for it to go on that long. 
Um, I'd be interested <laughs> in what uh, everyone thinks about Shadow of the Colossus and yeah, what we thought um, and whether we were wrong uh, or right, which is probably most likely. Um, and again, guys, do write in if you want us to add things to our list uh, for us to uh, play or watch or listen to. Um, you can write in and we'll add it to our little database here that um, we'll randomly select stuff. Um, okay, that's it for us now. And yeah, we'll see you next time on Oddcast. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to a newwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at a new winter, Twitter at a new winter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash a new winter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. yahoofinance.com